On this episode of Beer, Blues, and BS, backed by popular demand, it's history with Howard. What are we talking about? I'll give you a hint. It has to do with war. Besides that, we're going to talk a lot of hockey because I've been working hockey. And Kidder's uh, going to dive into the entire science of what in the world is a Colorado low. I know. It, it Trust me, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? It's been a week. You're in a good place. Welcome to the show. It's Howard Blues and V. Mark Kidder. Work all beverage, prophecies, and your time with friends. The Triple B! Well, the Triple B sucks, okay? Oh, come on. Whatever, man. This is Beer, Beer Blues, and BS. Online at BeerBluesBS.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Beer, Blues, and BS, the podcast about strange dimes and misdemeanors. I'm your host, Howard Blues, here, as always, with my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the Mark Kidder. Kidder, how you doing tonight? I'm, I'm okay. I mean, what the hell does that even mean? Honestly, I, I had a much better part to that front, you know, little quip, but I forgot the first part of it, but it was something clever and misdemeanors. And I've been sitting here this whole time that we've been bantering back and forth, trying to remember what it was that I had. And I, the best I could come up with was strange dimes, but I, I, I don't know, man. I, I was grasping at straws at that point. So basically what you're telling me is there there's uh interest there and knowledge there like we have fans and if I had a dime for every time and every fan that made sense we'd have zero dimes. Uh you know as I said sometimes I have a really good opening line and then I forget it and it's like a mad scramble to try and remember what it was. And a lot of times those opening lines are just so out there and weirdly you know uh, abstract that it, it's hard to remember like what on earth was i thinking when i thought it up but yeah it was it was some weird thing and then just it was kind of interesting to put in and misdemeanors because i i so yeah, that'll be interesting but i forgot what the first part was so yeah hmm. it, it's, it's all right it's 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 been a week kidder no, it man. has been a week it's uh january this has been the busiest january i think i have ever had at work um you know we've done the transition i'm in a new department i've I've had to move cubicles try and get that all set up at the same time as part of this we've had to kind of go through and try to put together these uh lists of needs at sites things that we need for our programming and repairs and all of that and we've had like a week to do that on top of some other deadlines that i've had coming up it's been like i have been at work at like seven o'clock or even be- slightly before seven o'clock every day this week and then like home anywhere from like i've left work anywhere from like five fifteen to five thirty. you know and i don't usually take a lunch break so it's been just jam-packed so it's uh I, I, I know I'm, what you mean and i'm surprised you. i have as much mental function in fact I, I last weekend kidder i was so so tired that you know saturday came around sitting on the uh sitting on the old couch uh, kids had just gotten up from a nap and i get a call from a weird number like i don't know who this is so i don't answer it 
They call back like two minutes later. I still don't answer it. They call back a third time. I'm like, if they really need something, they'll leave a message. I'm trying to deal with my kids. All of a sudden I get a text from this number going, Hey, are you working the hockey game this afternoon? That's starting right now. It's like, crap. Yes, I am. <laughs> I had to go flying out the door. I missed the whole first period. So, but it's, it's just been like such a busy month that, you know, and my father-in-law asked me to cover for him and be a goal judge for four games. In my mind, the first game was on the 23rd. I don't know why first game was on the 21st, but in my mind, it's like, nope, 23rd. That's the first game. So that was, that's, that's kind of what my, you know, just tells you just how out of it and tired I am. It's, it's been rough, man. It's been rough. Yeah, apparently. Hmm. Apparently. So, and uh, man, I got I got some hockey stuff to talk about with you, Kidder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, it's been a week, and I'm thirsty. Can we just hop to what's on tap? I think we should. Great. I didn't get home until eight twenty tonight. Great. Yep. Great. Yep. Well, that's, that's right. Def- that's definitely time to start drinking. Yeah. So what do you got? You got something sitting by, standing by, something? Mm-hmm. I, I do. I I I do. Although I'm, I'm already kind of taking a, a little bit of uh, offense at this. This is a uh, a beer from the Ten Barrel Brewing Company out of Bend, Oregon. Um, but but I have a problem because it's telling me to drink beer outside, Kidder, and it's it's cold out there. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to drink this outside. Um, but this is uh this is a beer I got uh thanks to the local geek uh from his cousin in Idaho. Uh and I'm guessing that you passed this one on to me, Kidder, because it is the Apocalypse IPA. Yeah. It is a West Coast mm-hmm. IPA. Uh, I was trying to look at this can earlier to see if there's really any other notes. Uh, 6.8% alcohol by volume. No tasting notes. And then, yeah, it tells me to drink beer outside. So, awfully demanding beer. Smells of hops. Definitely an IPA. Huh. <laughs> that look on your face. Well, that's a really like watery IPA. Like it starts off really watery, and the bitter taste that it has is not like a good bitter. Ugh. Ugh. Isn't there a river on the front of that can? Is that what I saw? Uh, you know, it's like some guy riding a mountain bike down what looks to be like a dry creek bed is is, is what that is, you know. Um, I'm, I'm only going to guess this, that this is called Apocalypse IPA because uh, it was in danger of putting their brewery out of business. Um 
gosh, I I would give this like a 1.5. I do not like. No, thank you. I'll pass on a second. Cool. Kidder, what do you got? Hopefully it's better. Let's see. Well, <clears throat> I'll do this one because it's um, almost the last uh, real beer that's uh, that's in there. Uh, this is Wider's Cider Prickly Pineapple. It is 12 fluid ounces inside this. Uh, nice bottle. 5% alcohol by volume. It's, a, quote, an exotic duet combining the juice of prickly pear, cacti, and pineapple. There's 170 calories in this here thing, including 30% of your uh, daily carbohydrates. <laughs> Great. Let's see. The same thing on the back here, although it says it tickles the tongue. Each sip brings forward a light and sweet taste. Uh, less than 1% of natural flavor. Or, yeah. Yeah. And sulfates is slightly carbonated. And hard cider, pineapple juice, or pineapple juice from concentrate. <laughs> prickly pear juice or prickly pear juice from concentrate. It's bottled by the Vermont Cider Company in Middlebury, Vermont. So, um, I guess that's where we are with that tonight. And open her up with the handy dandy bottle opener. And wow, from from here, I can actually smell the citrusy notes, the pineapple. And uh, the prickly pear off of it smells very sweet. So, cheers to you, Howard. Hmm. The first sip is actually delightful. Right away, you taste the pear, and then the smooth pineapple comes in afterward to, to give you a little bit of extra. Hmm. Yeah, that's a four and a half. Mm. It's good. It's, like a, it. it's a very good rating. Very good rating. So what's been going on in your week? Why has it been a week again? Because we talked well, about it, but expound. Enhance. Um, well, I mean, I, I kind of covered the, the main things, Kidder. But I mean, again, if you need another example, just kind of what week of what kind of a week it's been. Kidder, uh, we've only been doing this show for, oh, maybe 12 minutes. Uh -huh. I, I've already kind of glued my fingers to a model. Good Lord, man. It's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, excuse me as I 
yeah. yeah. Free myself from this uh, Yeti. Uh, I'm going to say, what What do we do with you? But Oh, now you're, now you're stuck to the table or what? No, now he's stuck to the other hand. Kidder, I'm just going to like give up uh, right now. <laughs> yeah, that that kind of seems like a good idea. I, I, uh, farewell, cruel world. Yeah. Or, was it farewell, cruel world? Uh, yes, if you're referencing what I think you're referencing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, actually, I actually think it was just goodbye, cruel goodbye, world. Goodbye, cruel world. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. For the for the audience that, that doesn't know, um, back in the days when Kidder and I used to play WoW, World of Warcraft for the uninitiated, uh, or at least those who are smart enough not to glue their fingers to models, um, dur- during those or days, fifteen bucks a month. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kidder was always about five levels ahead of me because Kidder had more time to game than I did. I mean, if you if you listen, if you've watched this show at, for any amount of time, <laughs> you know Kidder has more time to game than me, always. Um, but I, I had more back in those days. But he was always about five levels ahead of me, and as was our friend Curtis. And so it never failed when I actually had a night where I could play. I'd hop on and kidder and curtis would be on they'll be like hey we're we're uh we're questing over here come join us okay and i would work my way over to where they're at and i'd get there and it wasn't necessarily a lot of fun because where they were at they're like one-shotting everything and uh (laughs) you know so like meant that there was like nothing for me to do because i wasn't quite at that level so they're just blowing through everything (laughs) what missions do you have let's finish them for you yeah it was 30 seconds (laughs) yeah it was kind of that um but it never failed like i would get in get to where they are at, and about that time they're like all right we need to go to a city and claim all these quests we've done and so we'd travel to the next big city and they would turn in all these quests and collect the next quests and all of that and me not being at a level to get these quests or having the quests they had just completed i would get bored waiting for like the 20 30 minutes while they were doing this um that uh i i I had to entertain myself somehow because it was my gaming time so uh it was in the undead city under one of them yeah and while they were turning in all these quests i managed to one of my things i would do is i would try and get to the highest point i could anywhere in the map you know by parkouring and such and so i got up as high as i could um, over kind of the river wasn't quite the right thing because it was green, but anyway, over that. And they were still doing that, and I I took the time to program a macro in there so that finally when they were done, and, and the kid was like, all right, we could go. Where are you? I'm like, look up. And he, I watched. I could see Kidder down below, and he looked up, and as soon as he looked up at me, I hit the button for the macro. My avatar waved. And it shouted to the world, goodbye, cruel world. And I then proceeded to jump off that high ledge. Not quite to my death, but needless to say, it was pretty funny. It's good. So, the fun you can do in gaming. 
Yeah. Yeah. So. But, uh, Kidder, I've been working a lot of hockey uh, lately. So, I've done three games so far this week. I get one more tomorrow. Um, it's been a kind of a mixed bag of games. Uh, the first one was Legacy versus Mandan. And Legacy won. I don't remember the scores. It was kind of an okay game. I don't know what happened in the first period. I wasn't there. Um <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, second game, it's the game that was on the 24th, was Legacy versus Bismarck High. And uh, I was a little worried because, like, the JV game went all the way to a shootout. And they went through, like, 12 shooters to, like, settle it. It was, it was a ridiculously long shootout. Um, but in the end, Legacy just outplayed... Bismarck High. It was kind of sad, actually. Legacy looked really good, played really strong. Um, the uh, the biggest critique I would give Legacy is they should have shot the puck more. Um, because the Bismarck goalie was not good, often lost the puck, often just you know didn't capture the puck, so there'd be rebounds. And if Legacy would have been shooting more... And then crashing the net, they probably could have ran up the score. Like, yeah, they they really should have done more of that. Uh, and then tonight's game was Williston versus the Century Patriots, and this game was bad, Kidder. This is this is the not the kind of game I like to work because, like, at the end of the first period, it was four to one. Great, I mean. All in favor of Century. But I hate these blowouts because, I mean, it's the first period. It's four to friggin' one. You know, I I think there were six shots on goal uh, from Williston and, like, this like, 20 from Century at the end of the first period. I mean, it was a pretty dominant performance. The Williston goal was a nice goal, though. That was a it was a nice play, but a century should have kept shooting. Uh, the second period was dull. Um, century played like crap. Williston played a bit better, but it just kind of was a period of nothing. No goals. Nothing really happened. It was kind of, yeah. Uh, then the third period century would go on to score two more. We, we'd end six, one. Um, but it was definitely kidder. I, I, my piece of advice to any high schooler playing hockey, shoot the puck. You know, I, being a goal judge, I have this great kind of view down at kind of the goalie and, you know, the crease and all of that. And you can see all of the lanes and all of that. And the number of times that I saw players like skating across the top, you know, by the blue line. And you can see it's like you have a shot on goal. You have the puck. Nobody is really blocking the lane. Shoot the puck. And they don't. They just keep sliding with the puck until they get all the way over to like the face-off circle. By then, people have adjusted. It's like, shoot the puck. It's <laughs> just, I, yeah. I, I was getting a little uh, frustrated in my, in my seat. I was like, just come on, people. 
I, I get that you have set plays and you're trying to set plays and you're trying to set stuff up, but my God, take a shot every now and then. You know, Willison had some great breakaways. You know what they didn't do? They didn't shoot the puck. <laughs> they kept doing that stupid thing where they keep going until, you know, about the time where they think about shooting, they're like parallel with the goal. So then they try and go around the goal and, you know, by then the defense is in position. It's like, just shoot. See if you can't, you know, and a lot of times, a lot of the Williston breakaways, they had two people coming down, you know? So not that you necessarily need to pass, but, you know, shoot. If you put it at a good off angle, it might bounce off the goalie and, hey, your other guy will knock it in. Mm-hmm. And uh, Willison should have learned this because, like, four out of the six goals that Century put in, that's how. It was shooting the puck, bouncing off the goalie, and somebody was there to follow it up and knock it in. Ooh. You know, they did that four times on just these scramble goals. I think they only had two that were kind of nice setup plays. Everything else was cover, you know, catching rebounds. So that's my, my very kind of quick hockey update for that. Um, but I, I, I did listen Kidder. I didn't, I don't know if you, you caught the score of the Sioux game mm-hmm. tonight. I did, but our, uh, our, our fighting Sioux, Getting the win four to one against uh, Miami. It's good. It was good. And uh, I was listening to the Bobcats game on my way in, and uh, they were winning six to one because I was pulling in with like two minutes left. Which, uh, Kidder, would you like a hot take? Do it. I get that being a commentator is hard, but if you are a commentator calling hockey, you should focus on what's actually happening on the ice. The Bob guy calling the Bobcats game kidder. Here, here's, here's a call. And I apologize if I don't know the names of the players, but you'll get the, the sense of it. Brandenburg skating down the ice. He's got the puck and, uh, Oh, that's a slashing penalty. Wait, why is that not a slashing penalty? That should have very much been a slashing penalty. The stick is out of his head. Wait, what? Oh, the Bobcats scored. How did that happen? I didn't I didn't see that. I was so concerned with Brandenburg and the slashing penalty. Hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> he, he got so caught up in that, he missed the goal. And and you might think, well, okay, maybe he was, you know, like a really blatant thing and, and he just got lost. Kidder, the, the very next goal that was scored was almost the same thing except without the penalty. So-and-so's coming down the ice. You really got to feel bad for these Red Wing fans. You know, they're they're watching their team lose at home, you know, six to one. And, oh, what, what, what? The puck's in the goal. <laughs> they just scored again. Okay, that's kind of weird. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? He also would not get off the fact that the Red Wings fans, like, you know, you come to a game and, you know, you hate to see your team lose, especially at home. Because, you know, if it if it happens on the road, you lose six to one. People probably don't know about it. But if you lose at home, they're there. They watch it happen. It's just like. God. OK. Yeah. 
That was bad. That's bad. I mean, I know everybody's got to learn, but I would recommend go out, listen to some of like the professionals who do it. See how they they do it and how they kind of get their rhythm and not that you need to emulate it perfectly, but but look at how they do it and, and then kind of work towards that. But this was just yeah, it's just it's like, oh, my gosh. <clears throat> I mean, calling hockey on the radio has got to be one of the hardest things. Absolutely. Super I, I difficult. Mean, I, 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 you know, I will say that without a doubt. I'm not saying that I could do a great job at it because being able to look out, you know, at the ice and see, you know, pucks being plat past two players you might not always be able to read the name on the back of the jersey so you're looking at the number and knowing what no you know the name of every number and you better believe that they do that because there's no way that they're sitting there okay they passed the 13 uh that's so and so and you know and looking down all the time no they're they're spouting this off and doing it and conveying it in such a way so that the person who's listening to it on the radio gets a full picture of what's going on that is a skill and a challenge i i totally would get that but to get so sucked into things that do not matter that you miss the puck going into the net it doesn't Neither, surprise me though I, it doesn't i i mean look i i get that you know bobcat hockey you're your minor, minor, minor leagues, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where I'm just like, I'm trying to listen to this and you're rattling on about something that doesn't matter. The non-call on a penalty that you miss calling the goal. <clears throat> somebody something. Needs, yeah. It, somebody needs to have a talking to with that individual. Oh, I just took a big swig of this IPA. I'm still regretting it. Sounds about right. I will say, as you're talking about hockey broadcast commentary, that the Colorado Avalanche, so altitude, both television and radio, because they're on uh, 92.5, four or something altitude radio part of the altitude sports network connor mcgahey is his name he's the altitude broadcaster primarily doing play-by-play for the avalanche games and jake i don't know if you've listened to any of those broadcasts but the game is alive through the radio it gives you a mental picture and he does it so well even as you mentioned you're talking about naming players names figuring out their numbers and associating them whether it's the avalanche or the team they're playing spatially describing how things are happening and he does it in such a way that it's just fantastic And uh, I think it is, yes, tomorrow. Uh, So obviously, for those of you watching this from the future, 
the game's over. But one o'clock, or no, it's a two o'clock game tomorrow afternoon hockey before the All Star break. The Avalanche and Dublus. If you get it, I don't know what you're doing as uh, the preparation for the Royal Rumble continues. But if you can listen to the game through your phone from the Altitude website or something, you will get a feel for the for the game. Uh, In the I'm, game, I will probably be busy wrangling kids. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. It is it is Lefty's weekend to work. So I am dad on duty. Mm-hmm. So, well, there, Jake. there's no better way for the kids to learn something good than to listen to avalanche hockey on altitude radio. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see. I get her. I, I try to listen to like the news and such when I come home, like at the dinner table. And I usually get so shouted down by my kids that, uh, I can hardly hear what's going on. I doubt they are going to give me the benefit of being able to listen to the hockey game. (laughs) Just got to tell them, kids, this is the most important thing going on for the next two and a half hours. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's not going to work. That's uh, worth a shot. You you can't quite logic... uh, you know, with a with a toddler, toddler logic is it's a strange thing. Like I've been assembling all these miniatures, Kidder, on my desk, um, and whenever Junior gets to come down here, we spend the whole time. He goes around my desk, pointing at all of them. Good guy, bad guy, good guy, bad guy. You know, and I can tell him like something's a good guy or a bad guy, but if he's made up his mind. That something is the way that it is, you can't convince him otherwise. Hmm. It's it's uh, kind of funny. He, we've been doing that with Mario characters because he's kind of getting to know Mario, you know. And I'll be like, "No, that like Koopa Troopa, which is basically a turtle. It kind of has a friendly face and a smile on it." I can't convince him that the Koopa Troopa is a bad guy. Every time I do that, he's like, "Nope, good guy." It's like, no, bad guy. No, good guy. So, toddler logic, man. Toddler logic. Mm. It's, a, it's a thing. It also means, Kidder, I probably won't be able to attend uh, the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sad. sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually very disappointed because, as you know, the Royal Rumble of my favorite pay-per-view of the year. I was looking forward to it. Uh Looking forward to the Rumble itself. Curious what the hell a Mountain Dew pitch black match is. Um, wanting to see, you know, Bray Wyatt's first match back. Also very curious about L.A. Knight. I've been learning some stuff about him uh, lately. Actually, yeah. Watched uh, an interview with him uh, today that was really quite fascinating. Uh, apparently, he's, like, been the guy behind, like, the 2K... Uh, WWE game animation since like 2015. So he he's talked about doing that and like he one of his crowning achievements was nailing R Truth's entrance. 
yeah. uh, you know, doing the rapping and all of the dancing and all of that. So it, uh, mm -hmm. but, but just a very fascinating guy to actually listen to. It's like his 20th year in the business really was an interesting interview to listen to and just kind of get to know him. He was talking about uh, his moment with the undertaker recently on raw and he, he said, you know, uh, he's been around the business and he's heard all these guys talk about, you know, you hear that gong go off and people say, oh, you feel chills. And he's like, yeah, that's probably bull. He goes, no, it's real. You can't imagine what it's like to stand in that ring and have that gong go off. And you're just like, oh, it was a really good interview. Really, really fascinating interview. Um, he talked about how he got saddled with like the Max Dupree uh, gimmick. And then while he tried to pull that off, like he was requested to, he slowly started working in kind of the LA night stuff to kind of get that stuff over and kind of get it, bring it back to a character that he's used to playing. So, so that was, it was fascinating. It was very fascinating. He is a very interesting wrestler. Uh, so far, I, I really enjoy watching what he's got going on. And I hope the match tomorrow isn't stupid. <clears throat> yeah, I I hope so, too. I worry any time that they do one of these <laughs> matches that you've never seen before and... You know, it, it's the fact that it's a pitch black match, it's like, what the hell does that mean? You know, and you just kind of got to hope that it's good and decent, not some crappy gimmick. I cannot figure out how to get this hand on this guy. So, Kid, are you excited for the Rumble? You know, I I am. And... Hey, maybe 10%, 20% of me isn't. Just, we'll watch it. See how it is. Go from there. Yeah. I I know I saw some stuff that said that uh, we're pretty sure The Rock isn't going to be there. That uh, kind of ruins some people's ideas of maybe who's going to win or show up. I'm okay with The Rock not winning. <clears throat> yeah, I am too. Um you know, mostly because I I like the rumble to elevate somebody and, you know, bring somebody up. I, I want people to, you know, come out of the rumble who it's going to elevate them and not just always be, you know, the person with the biggest name getting the getting the push, if that makes sense. Yep. And, you know, like, you don't need The Rock to win the Rumble to make The Rock versus Roman Reigns and make that a big event. So it'll be interesting. Uh, I'll be interested to hear what happens and your, your takes on it. I'll give it everything I got. I'll try not to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, usually it's the Rumble's pretty good. It's kind of hard to fall asleep, I would think, during the Rumble. Although we'll see. Last year, they didn't really have any great surprises. You know? Like, 
there wasn't as far as I can remember, there wasn't like a huge surprise entrant in it. Uh, correct. And that's what one of the things that uh, agitated me with the rumble, because <clears throat> for me, and I know misguided, but uh, I feel the rumble needs to have a good quarter of the people from the past, whether it's one year or 15 years to show up and be like, holy crap, that person's in the match and they can eliminate a couple of people. And then, you know, they're out, whatever. Yeah. I don't know that it needs to be quite as high as a quarter, but I like a good, like two or three, you know, because I also don't like it with, you know, they show up and they take the spot of maybe somebody who deserves a chance, you know, because the rumble is a chance for you to kind of see all of the talent together. So I, I like to see that, but, um, but I, I like two or three good, like, oh my gosh, or, Hey, we haven't seen this guy in a long time, you know? Some of that can be good. But Hope Santino I don't know. is back. I know he's working with um, Impact right now. But hopefully. Santino Marella and the Cobra can come back. I don't have much hope for that. Yeah, probably not this year. Uh, because the WWE actually allowed the trademark on uh, Santino Marella to expire. Whoops. So they no longer own that trademark. Um, and he's currently serving as like an authority figure over on Impact. So I don't think we're going to see him. Truthfully, I think, and I, I couldn't tell you who, but I, I kind of think that the surprise entrant is going to be um, maybe somebody from New Japan. And I, I say that because we just had, or even Noah, we, you know, we just had some of the talent from WWE finish off stuff with either New Japan um, or Noah. Like Shinsuke was just over there for a match. Um, Carl Anderson had to, you know, finish his title run with New Japan. So I could see maybe there's some agreement to bring somebody over. Um, but I, I couldn't tell you who New Japan would do that with. But, or Noah. But it's just, it's, it's a thought, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing, Kidder, I, I can tell you, because of where the Rumble is happening, um, I don't know if you saw this story, uh, but Michelle McCool's been tweeting that she was hoping to get a call to... Uh, participate in the rumble mm-hmm. since it's right in her backyard. Right. And she, she tweeted out that she did not get the call. Hmm. So she might still be at the rumble. She just might not, or probably is not likely in the rumble. Very interesting. Cause I would expect her to be in the rumble, especially because she's still, you know, that good. 
I'm guessing, uh, and as my surprise entrant, uh, I would say that Summer Ray will be showing up. That's a that's a pretty good guess. Probably Molly Holly in one of her personas. She's been training. Or is a trainer. I mean, she's been training the people there. Yeah. All a possibility. We'll, uh, we'll just have to see. So, yeah, but I'm, I am disappointed. I, I just will not be able to get down there. And it, it's not that I, I couldn't come down. It's just that with the two kids and the way that they are right now, there's no way they would sit through it. And so there's no way I would get to really, like, watch the rumble. Would be me chasing my two kids around your place the entire time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not enjoyable for anyone. <laughs> It'll be good. It'll be fine. We'll make yeah. it work. Well, that's another empty bottle of glue. Because it's all on your fingers or what? No, I just used it all. Time to break open another uh, thing of glue. We just. Well, I have to say that uh, last night was a disappointing game uh, that I watched with uh, our Colorado Avalanche. In fact, I thought you may have tuned in in the third period because the Avs were up 3-1 to one over the Ducks, and then they just stopped playing for the third period and lost 5-3. to three. Mm. Yeah, I... Uh... I, I, I didn't tune in, but uh, that's a shame to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've been on a pretty good roll lately, so. I think it was six in a row. And before that, it was um, one of seven. <laughs> One win in seven games. And it looks like Landeskog will be returning in March is when he's scheduled to return. So let's let's see what happens. (sighs) Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I I think we'll definitely for sure make the playoffs. It may just not be in the best position. So we'll just have to and kind of see what comes of that. But if we can make the playoffs and then get Landeskog back in any sort of good condition, then we'll be okay. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll, we'll be doing a little bit better. Uh, there was also a trade yesterday. Don't know if you saw that, but uh, Avs and Sharks traded a couple players. Matt Nieto, if you remember him from the 17 through 20 seasons. Uh, Matt Nieto played for the Avalanche during those years and then went to the Sharks. He is now back with the Avalanche. And uh, Jacob McDonald was one of the two people we traded there. And don't know the other, don't remember the other player who we received. And I'm drawing a blank on uh, the other player we traded as well. But Matt Nieto's back, and he's got a glorious mustache. Nice. Nice. 
In his first game back with the Avalanche, he drew the first penalty of the game and got an assist on the first goal. So at least he's doing something. <laughs> true. True. <clears throat> Better than trading for somebody and they don't amount to much. Kidder, you've been watching anything interesting besides hockey? Anything crossing the old TV ways? Well, let's see. What have uh, have we watched? Have I watched? Um, CSI Vegas. New episodes. That's okay. You know, it's not um, not like the original CSI when it first came out, but still over-dramatized in that sort of way. Hmm. Hockey and Dirty Jobs. Mike Rowe is back doing Dirty Jobs. Got some, some more Dirty Jobs. Orion's here. He's excited, too. He usually watches the show with me. Um... Yeah, kind of, uh, kind of boring, really. Sounds that way. Just nothing. Nothing must be uh, striking the old fancy. I mean, not really. And the reason, one of the reasons, is because Star Trek Picard is now less than three weeks away from the third season. Not out yet, so gotta wait. Yeah, and then that's that's it, right? They were only planning to do the three seasons of Picard, weren't they? Yes, and that is the idea. It's listed as the final season of Picard, but there's also new tease information that it is the passing of the torch to the quote next generation see what they did there so as in there's going to be a series based off of the characters created in picard or well like they're going to bring the next generation cast back and do a series with them so as as you may or may not have seen the promotional material uh Oh, I'm pretty sure that uh, we talked about this like eight months ago or six months ago or something. We, 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 we've talked about that the, that the majority of the Next Generation cast is coming back in this season. Yes. So, so we've covered that much. Yes. So there is that. Now, what I take with that statement is that there's the potential for spin-off series with for instance Jerry Ryan who plays 7 of 9 and maybe Michelle Hurd uh, maybe even some of the other characters but obviously uncertain I'm trying to keep as spoiler-free as I can, as in I have not watched the trailer. And, in fact, I think over the weekend here, as we're on the 27th, 
that there's another trailer coming out. And I'm going to stay as far away from that as I can try and stay off the spoilers because I just don't want to see some of the visuals and try and piece things together before I'm actually watching the episode. Um, and some of the information I have seen, of course, as uh, you're scrolling through things, is that potentially everyone won't make it. How does that make you feel to potentially kill off a, a or multiple beloved characters in the franchise? Uh, you know, it doesn't really affect me. Oh, it doesn't. But if it were Star Wars people, like other favorites or even a quarter of your favorite cast members. Kidder, I, I hate to tell you, but like all my favorite characters die in Star Wars. Oh, I know. Boba Fett, dead. Yoda, dead. Vader, dead. Obi-Wan Kenobi, dead. Qui-Gon Jinn, dead. I mean, do I need to continue? Luke Skywalker, dead. Han Solo, dead. I mean, do, do I need to go on? It's... <laughs> It's kind of a thing in Star Wars. Characters die. And that's another reason why Star Wars sucks. No, it's one of the reasons Star Wars is better because it actually means that there are consequences. You know, it it means that you can go into any movie and your characters that you love may not make it. You know, there's some stakes to it. Most of the time you go into a Star Trek movie and you're like, they're all going to make it out just fine. You know, where's the fun in that? Yeah, whatever, Howard. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> My story is more epic because death can happen. Yours, you know, it's, it's like a bad Saturday morning cartoon where the villains just keep coming back again and again and again because we can't kill anybody. Except it's the heroes, you know, it's like, ah, only people who are in fear of dying is this guy over here in the red shirt. He's not going to make it. Mm -hmm. Sure there, Howard. What? Whatever you say. I'm just telling you, it's better storytelling. There's there's death. There's consequences. It, it matters. Mm. You know, when you have Obi-Wan Kenobi die at the, you know, in a new hope, you're like, oh, my gosh, no. He was supposed to teach Luke how to use the Force. How will Luke use learn to use the Force now? Bad writing. No. <laughs> was that bad writing? <laughs> Mystical Ghost is going to come back. So, okay, if we want to get into writer theory. <laughs> <laughs> Howard's triggered. No, I'm not triggered. I'm just saying. So George Lucas is a, a big believer in following the monomyth, which is a, a theory and storytelling created by Joseph Campbell. And it's this whole journey that your characters are supposed to go through. And there's certain stages that are supposed to happen. And one of them is death of the mentor. It happens. So you lose Obi-Wan Kenobi. Lord of the Rings follows the exact same thing. That's why Gandalf dies in Fellowship of the Ring. Death of the Mentor. 
it's it's part of the process. It's one of the steps. I won't go into all the steps because it's complicated. I don't remember them all, and some of them are kind of weird. But there it is a whole cycle. And anyway, uh, Lucas is a big fan of this, so he tries to follow it to the best of his ability. And it's part of why Star Wars works. I will say he doesn't always do it very well because part of the monomyth tends to be the virgin birth, which is why back in episode one, they had like Anakin Skywalker, just like born out of nowhere. It's, it's a little weird on that one, but anyway, that's him trying to cram the monomyth into the story. And it just didn't work out. Um, but anyway, he follows that to a T. And uh, hey, speaking of Star Wars, there's rumor that uh, they, they want to bring George Lucas back. But he has said that if he comes back, he wants complete and total control. So Gee, I wonder we'll why. We'll see what happens with that. Well, I mean, if you're Lucas and you created it, you know, who's going to tell Lucas, hey, this thing you created, here's how it's got to go. It's it'd be like wrestling related. It, it'd be like a big D came in and uh, you said, Hey guys, let me tell you how you guys need to do beer, blues and BS. You know, we would just laugh at him. You know, I mean, we laugh at him anyway. Well, true. But I mean, we'd laugh exceptionally hard if, if big D showed up on this and was actually like this, you know, you got to get rid of the what's on tap segment. You know, we'd be like, mm. ha. No. <laughs> yeah, can't do that. Yeah. You got to give the people what they want. Yeah. Mhm. And you got to troll Big D and then put it in the co- you know, in the chapter notes so he sees it and then watches the episode cuz that's how we get views. Speaking of views, I wonder if Lane is still perusing our episodes now and again. No. Hmm. Nah. Hmm. No. How about people who maybe want to win a triple B pint glass, much like this one? BeerBluesBS.com. Well, you know, I would hope there'd be some people because, man, I hope I get to actually give this thing away, Kidder. Uh, I haven't really seen anybody sharing the stuff on their Facebook and tagging us which is two of the three steps that you have to do to win this pint glass. So it's very simple. I'll go through it one more time. You got to first subscribe to our YouTube channel. Bam! It's free. Costs you nothing. And, uh, you know, it's great. Helps us uh, see that you care. The next thing is to share your favorite piece of beer, blues, and BS content to your Facebook page. Bam! That way, others can learn about the glory that is the Triple B. And then the third step is when you do make that post, tag us. You know, it's as simple as putting at Beer Blues BS, the podcast. And uh, that way, it shows up in our feed that, hey, so-and-so mentions you. We can go, great. We see that. We see that they're subscribed to the YouTube channel. They get entered in to the drawing. And for episode 100, we will draw a name and somebody's going to get a pint glass courtesy of the Triple B. So it's that simple. And we're coming up on that deadline, Kidder. Mm-hmm. It's uh, right around the corner. Yep. You got to get your stuff in by February 16th. So mm-hmm. go out. Which is share. a mere date for Picard. 
But more importantly, support the Triple B. <laughs> yeah. And the best thing about it, we won't even make you pay for shipping to your house. That's right. We'll be shipped directly to you. So if you live in Bismarck, I mean, we could like hand deliver the thing, but you probably don't want us showing up at your door. So, you know, we don't have to do that. We can, however, just ship it directly to your house. And it's whenever, wherever, however, etc. We can get that right to you. Yeah. So please do those three steps. As Howard mentioned, and you could be the proud new owner of a wonderful drinking vessel that highlights our wonderful logo here at Beer Blues and BS. So good times, good times. I'm I'm looking forward to episode 100, Kidder. It's right around the corner. Good. I mean, at this yeah. point, just it's nuts. I well, I know this is episode 97 right now. We're like three away. Uh. Uh, uh, I don't know if we can make it. Uh. I might be in the market for a new co-host at this point. <laughs> Maybe, but, but probably not. Let's be. Yeah, honest. I mean, I'd have to find the right person to do it with, and that that, that could be a challenge. That could be work, actually. Having to you train like, them in. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, you have to maybe hold a contest to pick your new host, and then nobody applies. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you got to do the old Jeopardy thing, you know? We're going we're gonna to have a bunch of guest hosts, get a couple that people are really going to be, like, excited for and think, man, that would be great if they would actually be, you know... There'll probably even be an internet campaign for who they think should be the host. And I totally ignore that and go with somebody else until the ratings flop. And then we bring back other guest hosts. I mean, they're just a guest host, not the p permanent host. Yeah. Imagine if they did that to us. It'd be like rum rocket rumors all over again. I wonder what those guys are up to. <laughs> yeah. That's what we should do uh, th this year for Halloween, Kidder. When we get to the Halloween episode, we should do a Rum Rock and Rumors or April Fool's Day. Either of those on a Friday. That'd be that'd be the question. We could do it, but you ought to shave your head for it. Not happening. <laughs> no. Not happening, man. I do not think the missus would give permission for me to shave my head. Your hair grows pretty fast. It'd be like two days and it'd be back to looking <sighs> like it is now. I, uh, you know, I, my poor wife, she's so tired. I, uh, I saw her for a little bit this evening when I got home and we were just kind of exchanging some notes and she looks at me and she goes, Oh, you got a haircut today. Like, no, I didn't. She's like, well, when, when did you cut your hair? Like, a couple weeks ago. She's like, oh, yeah. I'm really tired. I'm going to bed. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. 
I get it. <clears throat> I get it. Yeah. Kidder, I'm having some trouble over here. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... I'm working on a couple of trolls. Big D? Well, I was going to say, they just... They aren't cooperating. I, hmm. I might have to, you know, put in a call to Big D to, like, you know, get his kin in line. One of those, damn it, Big D, get your people <laughs> acting right. I'm telling your people to to figure this out so you talk to your people my people are talking to your people get this going figure it out you'd be so confused mm-hmm. so confused oh uh, yeah let's see I was trying to think Kitter, if I've been watching anything new um not really I just haven't had time um yeah. I can't even think of the last time I actually like sat and watched TV. It's been, been a while. Hmm. It's been a while. Um, start reading a new book. There you go. It's an older book, but it's uh, new. I started reading um, Gods and Generals, uh, which you, I think, have seen the movie for. Um uh, it is a historical fiction uh, centered around the Civil War, kind of the beginning of the Civil War. It follows uh, four main characters. So Robert Lee, Stonewall Jackson, Lawrence Chamberlain. I can't remember who the fourth one is. I haven't got to him in the book yet, so this is why. Um, but I started reading it. So far, it's enjoyable. I, I kind of read a chapter a night. It's uh, it's good. It's good. It very much romanticizes these characters. I'm enjoying it. Um, I had to. I picked it up mostly because I needed a change of pace. Um, I was reading uh, "The Devil in the White City" by Eric Larson, uh, which I, again, I know you're not a book person and. I'm sure there's some members of our audience who are like, when did this become book talk? But uh, <laughs> uh, The Devil in the White City is an interesting book. It It's a, again, it's a history book, um, but it's about the Columbian World Fair in Chicago. And it actually coincides with the rise of America's first serial killer, H.H. H. Holmes. And so it's, it kind of bounces back and forth on the development of both of these events because they happen at the same time and part of holmes's thing was he turned uh his building that he owned into a hotel to lure people there so that he could kill them um and i it, it's a it's it's won some awards it's uh very well done but the thing that bugs me about it and why I had to put it down was um, the chapters about the architects who are building the world's fair are great and very detailed and kind of very truthful about who these people are. But the chapters about Holmes, he writes in a way like he's trying to make it a murder mystery, but you kind of already know the answer. So it's just kind of annoying because it's almost like a, um, 
Oh, what's the what's the correct term here? Uh, an untrustworthy narrator, because he will like talk about how like Holmes was you know was kind and loving and all of this, and then just to, like add to the chapter, he goes, but actually he was none of those things, and he felt nothing at all, and you're just like, so you lied to me, you know, you've been this unreliable narrator in what you said, and you're doing it. You know, you're you're bringing up things that he's doing that are clearly for nefarious reasons, but you aren't going into the details because you're waiting to be a bit more grisly and shock value later in the book. And it's just like it just kind of bugs me when like everything else that he's doing on the other side, he's being very factual and this is happening and this is happening and here's the truth of this and this and this it yeah it's just it's not that it's poorly written but it's enough that it's kind of like it bugs me when i read it because i i know where he's going with stuff and i just like just say it <laughs> so i needed a break um about halfway through that one need a break switched over to gods and generals I'm enjoying it. It's a nice breath of fresh air. Um, but I'll go back and I will finish the double in the white city. Cause I am curious for more of the details, but yeah. So there, this has been book chat with Howard a segment that probably won't pop up all that much. And therefore Kidder doesn't need to make a graphic. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I, uh, I had a thought as you were talking about all of that. Oh, the gods and generals. I saw the last quarter or something of the movie, which was, I don't know, like an hour of it on uh, RLC back in college. And as you remember, Resident's Life channel was not the highest of qualities of channel. And so the... I don't know what was actually happening and I couldn't read the subtitles. So I had no clue. What the hell is this? They're fighting. Now they're not fighting. Well, it kind of looks like the Revolutionary War. Maybe. Is this the War of 1812? Is is this like, I don't know, the Spanish-American? What is this? What am I watching? Oh, it's Gods and Generals, the title that's this big on the screen as it comes up. I'm like, ow, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the uh, the sequel? Although it, technically it came out first, uh, Gettysburg. Did you, no. you ever watch Gettysburg? No. No? Um, sorry, I dropped a piece. I'm trying to find it. Uh, it it's very good. Um I actually came to learn uh, recently that one of my site supervisors was actually in the movie. Ah. He was uh, an extra in, so he he got to run up the hill and die several times. And cool. There's a scene where he's. I mean, it's it's a group marching. And he's in the group. Um, I, I tried to spot him. I didn't catch him the time, but um, he is in it. So, but he's kind of one of those big into the uh, Civil War history and reenactment. Mm -hmm. So, very good. Very good. Yeah. History of Howard. 
are you big into the Civil War? I know you're big into World War II, but <clears throat> but I, I didn't know if that expanded into like the Civil War at all, or if you just mainly focused on World War II. But you know, primarily World War II. Uh, some interest in in World War One, although with how that is and somewhat the lack of technology you know world war ii is really the push for more technologically advanced things right and you just saw better equipment better everything popping up uh, so that's kind of what interests me about it with the the battles the technology things that happened uh versus like world war one and even the older wars back to the civil war um it's almost harder to grasp the scope of it hmm. Be because you know for me like world war ii there were, you know, planes all over the place and uh, the the earth was mapped and, you know, various things. Right. So very good record keeping for the most part on where battles happened, how long they were, the specific pieces within them, where it, the recon could show the allies and the the uh, axis essentially were in these different places at these times and versus i mean world war one essentially happened in this big of an area <laughs> here it is they didn't go far you know all, all these tens of thousands of people died in this little tiny area and, you know, the Great War, yeah, I mean, it was a huge toll on the planet, but just a tiny little area, comparatively. And then even with the Civil War, record-keeping was okay, but just just not the, the, the same, if that makes any sense. You know, the battles of certain areas are, are documented very well, but... I don't know. Maybe there's some other shenanigans happening during like, the Civil War that we just don't know about. Untold stories of the Civil War. So then what about more modern affairs like Vietnam and Korea? Do those kind of... Because those kind of mm -hmm. go further into the tech and the documentation and all of yeah. that. Mm -hmm. To some degree, yes. With uh, Korea, have a vested interest because both my grandparents were in Korea and both served there. And uh, uh, my one grandfather was left for dead at one point in Korea. And so that, you know, that has a personal interest, personal at attachment for me. And even for uh, some other people who I've known over the years who actually served in Korea. And uh, he's not on the show, but pretty sure Big D made a stop there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's that. Uh, with Vietnam, 
it's interesting and weird at the same point because and the same thing even fast forwarding to Afghanistan all the technology all these different pieces and tools but yet it still has to be broken down to the very basics of infantry guerrilla warfare those sorts of things and so all the technology in the world, but yet it almost doesn't matter. It does, but it doesn't. Hmm. So it's kind of weird in that sense, but I'm also no. weird. So no, no, it's, uh, it's, it's just, I was, I was curious cause I've, I've always known that you're a big kind of world war two fan. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I know you've collected a lot of like movies and shows and documentaries, on World War Two, yep, um, and such. I just was always curious, and if you ever looked elsewhere in history, but I get. It. I mean, everybody who tends to be into history, they kind of have their area of history that they. Um, I'm more into like the Plains Indian Wars. Tends to be my cup of tea, mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, just kind of, I don't know, thing that interests me. With, I guess places I've worked and right and such it to me has a little bit more of a, a story that I'm interested in and because some of that does take place during um, the Civil War uh, you see a lot of you see a lot of people from the Civil War play a part in it and therefore I kind of kind of have followed the Civil War a bit because um <clears throat> there's a connection um and there's there's quite a few people who found both failure and success in the civil war who had an effect then on the plains indian wars um so it's tied into like north dakota history uh you have the the punitive campaigns of sibley and sully which were a retaliation of uh, the um the Dakota War of 1862 in Minnesota. And that campaign is kind of spearheaded, or at least kind of from the organization, by Pope, uh, General Pope. Pope had been serving in the Civil War, had been the lead general for a bit. Basically, he uh, pissed off some people, mostly because his attitude was very much, all right, I'm in charge, and we've been fighting this war wrong, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do that. And basically, all the other generals said, you don't really want to listen to you, you're an ass. So the first time he really kind of loses, like, you're going to go serve over here in the plains and kind of get out of our way. Um, you have that Sully is kind of the same way. Um, he loses, uh, control of his troops. They rebel. Uh, I think I was at Chancellorsville. And so they're like, well, you can't clearly can't control your troops. So we're going to send you out West. Um, and so both of those guys are kind of trying to get back. Even Custer, um, with his kind of story, you know, he he rose to fame during the Civil War, got a brevet rank. When the war is over, he loses his brevet rank, it's back to a lieutenant colonel. He wants to get to a general. He wants to get more glory because he's even thinking about a presidential run. 
uh, if you're going to do that, where do you got to go? You got to go to the planes because it's the only spot where we're engaged in combat. You know, so you look at some of the things like his massacre at Washita. Why? Because he, you know, I'm going to have this conflict. I'm going to kill some Indians and I'm going to be a hero and get up in my ranks and all of that. So you see that and you see Sully trying to do the same thing and Pope trying to do the same thing. So that's, there's some ties into that where it's that this is how I'm going to get my fame. Yeah. Hmm. And there by errant of the roundabout history of Howard. Yeah. <clears throat> Got to, to use that graphic again. <clears throat> Yeah, <laughs> not anymore. Yeah, work that in there somewhere. The local geek is cheering because I think he's one of the bigger fans of history with Howard. There you go, local geek. That one's for you. And as you said that, I can hear him go, "Yay!" <laughs> and now he might be laughing because if he did actually go "Yay" and I called it, then then he's laughing even more. Thanks for being a fan, local geek. <laughs> we appreciate you. <clears throat> well, not yeah. that we don't appreciate, you know, you, our other fan or fans, if there are multiple of you listening or watching. Thank you. Yeah, especially you, Greg. Glad to see you around. Good guy. I got to go get more beer. wonder if Mr. Boucher is going to be working anytime soon. Got to go visit him up at the uh, at the store. Haven't seen him in quite a while. Hope he's doing all right. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, he did feature on the show for a little bit, you know, where we seem to be talking about him quite a bit. And then just kind of like stopped. But, uh, yeah. I mean, Kidder, you can feel free to have a what's on tap round two if you'd like. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm, 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 I'm drinking tea because... As I said, Lefty is working this weekend, so I'm parent in charge. So I've had my one beer for the night. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Don't want to disappoint, but I may have to be a taxi soon. So. Ah. Well, yeah. You're working for Uber or Lyft? Um, <laughs> neither. Yeah. Um, insert clever thing here Hmm. wifey transport llc well you know it's part of being a good husband Hmm. that would (laughs) i'm just trying to make you look good man uh if 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 you're gonna you know Hmm. well thanks that's what i thought the lights were for <laughs> the accent lighting and the these lights over here. <laughs> oh, for a second I thought he glued his face to to the counter. I have just been dropping like every piece tonight, kidder. You know, if you glued them to your hand, you wouldn't have to drop them. <laughs> I, I know. The, the thing about it is, anybody who watches this is going to be like, "Man, that Howard is just terrible at the whole." Where the hell did that piece go? Hobby side of things. You know, but one should not try to hobby and podcast at the same time. Where the heck? How did I lose this piece? 
I shouldn't have laughed because just watching you search is is more entertaining. Just wait till you see the piece, Kidder. It's like you'll you'll be like, how the hell did you drop that and not find it? Got it. Are you interested or excited about the All Star game at all? NHL All Star or Skills Competition? You know, I don't know. I don't really get into that. I don't know. It, it, because it doesn't matter, it just doesn't hold much sway for me. And especially because, like, yes, they play a, a game, but it's not like anybody really cares. So it's not like it's a hard-hitting who's really the best of the best game. It's just kind of a, we're going to skate around, and we might check somebody, but, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, because they don't want to injure each other, which is good because they're pretty much the all stars and what they what they did last year is had the divisions they they did a a randomized selection and then had the it was two and two so they essentially had two games instead of you know one all-star game and I don't know how I feel about that because, you know, then or I guess they had three because there was a a winning game and then the people in that game got bonuses and the all-star selected won the Honda vehicle to then donate to somebody and those sorts of things. So we'll see how they do it this year with the four different uh, uh, what do you call them? I guess divisions what they are yeah i think anyway eh, we'll see uh the skills competition should be interesting uh i liked last year when they had the different things set up on the the lake in front of the bellagio that that was fun and of course because one of the lamaru twins uh you know got to uh partake against the guys yeah I, I enjoyed that too yeah no it's just i don't know it's just never been one of those things where i feel like compelled to watch or anything like that it's like mm-hmm. oh it's the all-star game okay you know not that it's a bad thing it's just i don't know never quite caught my fancy gotcha I don't know. I like my hockey hard hitting. What can I say? Sure, sure. It's it's kind of like I I said. Like the one game tonight was just kind of yeah, because it, it wasn't a close game. It was a blowout, and mm. not even in a fun way. You know, it was just it's like shooting fish in a barrel. And right, yeah. Did you see the Bobcats uh, the other day winning like? Uh... 11 to 2 or something. You know, they've been on a, a fairly decent tear, actually. I haven't followed them too closely, but mm-hmm. seems like they're doing pretty well. I don't know. Might try to get to another Bobcats game before the season's over. I enjoy it. My wife enjoys it. It's just the only reason right now why it's kind of like, yeah, is because, again, it's I have kids, so trying to get the kids there and make sure they're taken care of 
it just becomes a lot while you're trying to like enjoy a hockey game at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I got That's one me. for you. Yeah, I got one. I got one. What'd you do? Oh, I didn't do anything. Um, I had a coworker who I was talking to about the weather. And they brought the fact that apparently, and I don't know who they were listening to for weather, but they made the comment that they keep hearing the term Colorado low. Yes. Said, said constantly. Mm-hmm. They said, you know, been watching the weather for a long time. I've never heard this term until really? now. And now I'm hearing it all over the place. What the heck is a Colorado low? And I said, you know what? I don't know. But I know somebody who could tell me. <laughs> and unfortunately, no. Big D's not on the show, so I'm asking you. Uh, well, I don't know if I should tell you then. How about that? <laughs> GFY. I, 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 listen, I, Good for you. I When you said that, like, oh, I haven't heard this term, and then suddenly I hear it all the time. I actually thought you were going to say the phrase atmospheric river because a lot of people have been using that term because of the excess moisture and systems that have been caught within the jet stream flow over the Pacific coming onshore into California. Sorry, California and causing mass flooding and problems through California and into the Sierra Nevadas. So uh, atmospheric river is what they're calling it. And essentially it's just a lot of moisture moving through the jet stream, a lot of systems. It's where the train essentially is, was set up for that period of time, bringing a lot of moisture into one general area uh, in the, meteorological community for storms itself we call that training because it's like a train rolling down a set of tracks because it goes in one area right and then the next train goes through the exact same area and then the next train goes through the exact same area as well training so back to your question of a colorado low or a colorido if you will if you're from the south park land essentially these areas of low pressure storm systems move onshore onto the from the pacific onto the pacific coast and that could be anywhere from washington down to california right now as the jet stream pulls north over the rockies it'll pull these systems over the rockies now a lot of these systems are very powerful they have a lot of energy with them, a lot of uh, shear, and a lot of atmospheric push from, again, the jet stream. So what happens is as they're coming across the Rockies, it's generally in the center of the country. And what's pretty much right in the middle? Colorado, Wyoming. And so the general term Colorado low is that because the storms typically move from the Colorado generalized area. Now, these storm systems, as they are kind of broken apart over the Rockies, 
as they're down sloping, i.e. coming down the other side, the east side, or the, what would that Howard be? The wayward or the leeward side? Um, it is too late in the evening for me to... <laughs> oh, you got me, so I guess I got you then. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll move on. And he's probably going to make some smart-ass comment. Uh, <laughs> so, it ejects off the Rockies, goes down uh, in general because of the the lesser space from where it was gains a lot of extra space, which then can potentially increase the amount of energy because it's now expanding. And as it's pulling, that air gets a little bit greater. So there's that. But it also taps into Gulf moisture because the Gulf of Mexico obviously down to the south, lots of moisture. And as the jet stream pulls back to the north, it can suck a lot of that moisture up into the overall system. So as the low is spinning counterclockwise, and I know I did it backwards for you watching at home. So counterclockwise, it's spinning. And so it's pulling up all that moisture from the Gulf and as it's moving, it's pulling that whole amount of energy that is tapping into from thousands of feet above in the jet stream, but also the pressure gradient from the low itself and areas of high pressure around it. Stronger the system, the more uh, powerful it can really be because those called isobars they're lines of equal pressure you see them on the map between the l which is a low pressure and the h's which are high pressure the more lines between them the higher the gradient so low pressure is let's just say a thousand millibars and high pressure let's just say is 1400 millibars so there's 400 millibars in between the atmosphere like a bathtub has to equalize and what does it do and if you're like in a bathtub think about that when you have an area that's higher than the other area that's low like say you're sitting in the bathtub and then you stand up the water rushes in to equalize and then eventually after you have stopped moving or you get out of the bathtub you have a level bathtub because it has leveled out the atmosphere works in the same way. It just can't see all of the water that is above us. Millions of cubic tons of water that's invisible, water vapor. Because you have water vapor, you have water itself as a, the liquid form, and then you have frozen water, which is ice. And you can sublimate where you go from ice to vapor or the other way where you go from vapor to ice. Anyway, <clears throat> again, getting off track. Colorado low. <laughs> Real strong. Sucks in a lot of moisture. It's pulling cold air in behind it from Canada and or the Rockies. And as it's moving up, it'll generally move within, let's just say, I don't know, a 1500 mile swatch. Right, So somewhere between here and here. And of course, we're typically well within that bullseye. And so when the storm moves up, 
we typically get smoked by it. And those are typically our larger snow producers as well, where we got our 22 inches of snow. Now, on the other side, you may have heard of the Alberta Clipper. These are similar, but different. The reason they're different is these are very dry, typically very dry systems. And they, low pressure system, much in the same, still moving in its its counterclockwise form, will form in Canada and for us really gain strength over Alberta and then dip straight down typically across North Dakota, South Dakota, and into Minnesota because the jet stream at that point, as it moves uh, and uh, on the map, it looks like it moves east to west, but you know, overall it's just kind of ebbing and flowing and the stronger systems affect that. And that also affects the storms. So it all just kind of works in tandem because remember, the earth is a bathtub and it has to equalize. <laughs> so those systems, they come from Canada. Very dry air, very cold air. There will be some uh, moisture accumulation with it. Uh, the storm system that we just had was an Alberta clipper. We received around two inches of snow, but it also sucked in enough warm air from the south where temperatures rose to 38 to 40 degrees, causing freezing rain, uh, sleet, and actually rain in certain parts of the storm for a somewhat short period of time, three, four hours before the cold air really sunk and pushed uh, a lot of that out. 62 mile per hour winds with that system last night in Williston uh, here at the Hoos, a 46 mile per hour wind reading was recorded up on the roof. And as those systems move, yeah, they pull in some warmer air and then they can mesh and uh, kind of change with, again, how they develop and move through the country. But for us, just a quick little shot of snow, and they're usually very fast moving. Colorado lows will often move much slower. So a day or half a day for a color, uh, for an Alberta Clipper versus a two to five day event, which is what we had a couple different times. All right. Did I answer the general question with asking and then answering my own other 12 questions <laughs> i i think you uh you answered that in so much detail and way more detail than i probably needed or such uh <laughs> i'm not gonna be able to relay that to the person who asked me i'm just gonna have to like when this episode comes out get to that like point and just you know clip out the chapter and go here just watch this section. It'll explain it. <laughs> I can't tell if Kidder is frozen or just intently staring at his screen. I oh, apparently he's... lost the network connection briefly. Oh, that's kind of interesting. I wonder if it's a I... subpar network, uh, i.e. Midco. <clears throat> um, but I heard everything that you said. And I, I said in response that it's good. We have that technology because the video version is on YouTube. 
Yep. Yep. And uh, I, I, I will send people directly right to that so they can learn all about the uh, Colorado Lows. Or if you want to know about tornadoes, there happens to be a documentary out there. Oh, I'm sure there's plenty of documentaries out there, you know, like well, the there, Weather there Channel. Are. No, no. From, no. from you know, like uh, Discovery probably did some. Legitimate the Learning Channel. Stars. You know. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure I can. Hmm. Sure. Sure. National Geographic probably did something, you know, mm-hmm. the Science Channel. Eh. Of course, what he's trying to switch from is the fact that uh, in college, for one of my final projects, we had to do a 10 minute video. Um, not like. Uh, it had to be like a decent enough product, kind of like a research episode of some sort. I said, well, 10 minutes is you know long enough, but what if I just made a half hour documentary with commercials and everything? So I did in a week. And that was before Premiere had a whole bunch of extra cool tools that <laughs> you could make things happen a lot easier. <laughs> But I did it. That's also when you had to render the crap before you could play it to see if it actually worked. Ah, uh, yes. Technology. Yeah, it's definitely gotten definitely gotten easier. Definitely gotten easier. Although I, I will say, Kidder, I did have to relearn how I uh, did the sound wave thing for the Impossible Music Challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look good. Look good. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, I did that for all the clips and set it to render, but I didn't check all my settings. So, like, the first time I did it, I uh, I rendered them all out, and they were all MP3s instead of the actual, like, video. <laughs> Classic. Um, and, of course, what I had done, because I, I thought I was being so clever and efficient, was I had kind of continually brought the different files into kind of like the same like project, you know, because it's, um, it's an effect that you do to, to do the actual sound bar thing. And so I had that, I just had to select what source was. So what I was doing is bringing that in, bringing the clip in, hitting the source, you know, selecting the source, the telling it to render, putting it in my, uh, queue so I could just render them all out and then I would delete out what I had for the source, put the next one in. So I kind of had to do it all like over again. It was about, yeah, it was good three hours of my life. You know, I can tell you something, but uh, I'm glad you experienced that. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you this, Kidder. Next time we do one of these impossible music challenges mm-hmm. and you're getting mm-hmm. the music clips, you get to do all of the after effects to, to make that happen. Oh. You know? Wow. Because uh, while, yes, I can do it, it just took for friggin' ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it also helps when you export them as a movie file. 
Well, that's I what it. I what I had thought I had done, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get it. But, uh, I'm not as versed in After Effects as I am in Premiere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're two different monkeys and two different um, weird, you know, procedural things to try and figure out. And then you add Photoshop on it, which is completely different from either of them. And then you want to do some audio editing or something with like audition. And then it's even different from there. Yeah. I don't quite understand the logic behind some of that, you know, cause that was even like, even if you get into things then like illustrator or, um, and that's different in design and that's different. Yeah. <laughs> Because it was one of those where I'm like, I knew enough about like Photoshop that I would like, I was like, oh, I could probably use Illustrator and InDesign to do some things at work. Nope. Every time I try, it's like, oh, I got to go learn how to do the basics. It happens. So, it's all right. No, it's all right. I'm getting there. And truthfully, it's like I had done it for the last music challenge. It's just, had been long enough that that forgotten like how did i do that last time so i didn't even do it the same way this time hmm. i did That's last time fine. but it worked it looked good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thought it worked i'm happy all good all good so yeah yeah it's very good you know, it's something else is very good. What? Cheap plugs. Are, are you saying, Kidder, that we've been talking for quite a while and we need to wrap this thing up? We probably don't need to, but I mean, it seems like a, a fitting point. We've complained about enough for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. We can. Uh, I mean, we, we are coming up on the, the two hour mark, so. That's did it that I mean we, we were getting to that point I was gonna say it anyway, so no. You just well, would, you beat me to you, it. Would you like to actually say it? No, nah, I, I kind of said it. It's all right. People are kind of used to the fact that we sometimes mess with our own catchphrases by saying oh. them in different and weird ways. Oh. I mean, has it been a week? <laughs> I mean, it's been a something. Oh. And uh now Freya found the uh, bottle cap. Which, again, from uh, Wider's Cider. I mean, it'd be totally cool if it uh, would focus on it. But there you go. <laughs> Look at that. All right. Anyway, here we are. BeerBluesBS.com, our website. BeerBluesBS.com. A lot of people think that it's uh, beers, like there's multiple beers. And yes, sometimes we do have multiple beers on the show, but truthfully, it's only one beer and multiple blues because there are the blues. We are the blues and uh, it's full of BS. So beerbluesbs.com. There's Freya hanging out in the background here. She's checking out the triple B set. Making sure it's uh, well decorated and properly illuminated. Uh, again, beerbluesbs.com, the website. That's the, the place where you can find everything with the triple B, including, uh, you know, 
stickers, hats, t-shirts. Most importantly, I think the pint glasses. Again, just like this, beerbluesbs.com. Click on merch to get to the store, and then you can get your own Triple B merch and help us keep the show rolling because it's just one way that, um, you know, we can try and keep things rolling here. The other way you can help us keep the show rolling is by buying us a beer or buying us a round. Click the buy us a beer button there, beerbluesbs.com, and choose your amount. Type in a comment, submit, and it comes straight to us. Beerbluesbs.com. Make sure you subscribe for free on YouTube. Click the thumbs up on the episodes. We would certainly love for you to be part of the show there. Again, beerbluesbs.com. Click YouTube. You can watch the video versions. You can also listen to the audio versions there. Also, if you have the various audio platforms that are out there, such as iHeartRadio, Pandora, TuneIn, Stitcher, IMDb, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more, search for us on those platforms, Beer, Blues, and BS. Please subscribe. Please share. Please like. Five stars, please. We appreciate it. Help us get to the masses and help share the goodness of the Triple B. Other than that, make sure you like, subscribe, share your favorite moment, Triple B, and tag us because you could win a Triple B pint glass. And Howard talked about all those details earlier in the episode, so you'll see it in the info on the show notes as well as earlier in the episode if you missed that part. So for tonight and every night, He's Howard Blues. I'm the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Kidder. Thank you for joining us for this and every edition of the Triple B, Beer, Blues, and BS. Remember to keep your glass at least half full. There's free beer tomorrow, and we will catch you on down that snowy Tuscan Highway. Have a good one. See you on the next Triple B. You have been listening to a UA production of Beer, Blues, and BS. If you enjoyed the show, help others find out about it by rating the show or leaving a review at your podcast listening service of choice. Thanks for listening, and may your glass never be empty. UA Productions presents A Glimpse Behind the Curtain. Kyle is now playing American Truck Simulator. Mm. Breaking news. Who knew that, you know, lawnmower simulating could lead you to, you know, trucking simulating? Because he's a bad mother trucker. Shut your mouth. <laughs> you mean shut your trailer?
I was hoping you'd continue the the line from Shaft and do. But I'm just talking about trucking. <laughs> just, just, just talking about trucking. That's what I was going for, you know. Yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got to keep up my reputation of you know relevant references and mm. information. Yeah, very relevant. <clears throat> When mm -hmm. did that come out? 2002? <laughs> there was actually a new one that was out. Yeah, I watched it. Two years. Oh. Yeah. You, you didn't give a report. You didn't ask me to. <laughs> I thought we were over that in 2003. <laughs> well, I know how you felt about that version, but this was like him with the original shaft and then they gave shaft a son it was like a yep, whole family yep. thing oh i i know i watched it <laughs> i know but you didn't talk about it which would no. have been entertaining because mm. i tried to get you to watch the first shaft with samuel l jackson and i think you turned it off and put on star trek nemesis yeah why not so i mean it just would have been good content i mean yeah. It's still going to be good content because I'm definitely putting this behind the curtain. But still, you, you should have mentioned it, man. Maybe I was eating a burrito at the time. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Are you eating? A, is that a burrito you're eating? Uh, no, this is a big sandwich. It's basically uh, cheese with summer sausage in the middle. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Sounded mm. like a tasty snack for after hockey. See, the theme song's grown on you already. <laughs> Maybe if we if we use that version, then we don't have to have uh, or pay for any rights to the one that we we're using. <laughs> there was a podcast I used to listen to that when they first came out, that was what they did because they didn't have, you know, music. So it was like all of their like little bumpers and intros to segments was them singing. Hmm. Yeah. And some fans made the music and that was that. I guess we need fans first. Yeah. That would help. <laughs> I mean, the local geek can't do it all. Yeah, our, our one fan. <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you very much, local geek. We appreciate your patronage. <laughs> oh... 